Does everything have a bright side to it? Of course. It doesn't always outweigh the negatives, but everything has a bright side to it. This makes happiness a choice. And here we say that the discipline of being happy is the ultimate discipline. With that said, welcome to the Ultimate Discipline Podcast, where we meet with people who are practitioners of this exact discipline, and we hear their cool stories of cultivating happiness through challenges in their life. I am your host, Sean Greenspan. Let's get to it. Mr. Flax, what's happening? Nothing much, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I didn't know you knew how to play guitar. You got one on the wall. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, a common question I get. And I always have to let people down by telling them that if I had a guitar in my hand, I wouldn't know which way to hold it personally. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely just for decoration. Um, and yeah, you're you're in Italy, right? I, I am in Italy. I was going to say, me, neither one of us are in our home. So I know you didn't no. put that on the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, both of us are living similar lives you know you're you've always been an inspiration to me just so you know with your lifestyle so uh i'm just trying to take a little page out of your book i i appreciate for those that don't know um uh well both of us live i would say just you know on the road mike just got down to san diego and you were coming from portland Came from Portland, uh, started in Chicago, where I spent my yeah. last few years, and then did Portland and now San Diego. So yeah, we're we're traveling. Dude, this is this is awesome. So, um, you know, I've been living like this. Me and Emma just found it. We're just over two years living like this. Um, we're on like, okay, so Italy's a boot, yes. with a heel, the right. high-heeled boot. We're on right. the heel, yeah, on the Adriatic Sea side. Cool. Um, so it, it's a it's a cool spot <laughs> how much i mean the answer i'm not sure what your answer will be but uh how much wine have you drank well because if i were in italy i mean it would just be i, I would <laughs> i'd stop drinking everything else i just have wine um good. like on a daily good. basis you, you asked at a good time as sad as it would be i would i would say zero i've been here seven weeks i'd say zero but last night me and emma had a bottle there you because go there All go. right. So check this out. Last night, um, we were looking for like cooking classes, right? We're in Puglia, which is like the region. Cozzi is the town. Okay. And we're looking for like traditional Apulian cooking classes because, yeah. you know, I mean, we're in Cozzi. We're not in Rome or Venice. Like that's our styles to be like, you know, kind of tucked away. Yeah. And that's we found Rome's these too mainstream for you, man. Rome's just yeah, too, dude, too mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> so dude, we found these cooking classes that were like groups of 20 and like, you know, they were like the shuttle bus leaves at this time. And then yeah. when I saw that you get like an apron when you leave, I'm like, this is just not for me. Not, not for you. Yeah. Um, and we we found this one that uh, they were like, they like you could tell they were like, this is a traditional cooking experience. It's just you two. Like, all right. And we're like, it's on a farm where they grow everything. Yeah. And yeah. then they like, he straight up called like his friend's grandma. That's what we found out was it just his friend's grandma that sometimes <laughs> has people cook with them. And uh, great. yeah, and dude, she was cooking for us and she pulled out like a chilled bottle of white wine that she made with her grapes. I'm drinking that. Like I'm but, drinking that. You can't turn her down, right? You can't turn no. her down. Offers. It um, wasn't a question. It was just yeah. a hand. <laughs> did, did they call her uh, Nona? Is she like an Italian? Nona. Oh yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. was whipping it up except uh so we made 
we made pasta we mixed the dough and yeah. i didn't put enough water and she just said like pico la agua like a little <laughs> little more water so we're mixing it up rolling it out and then what you had to do is cut cut a little bit with a knife like smush yeah. it and it rolls around the knife and then you roll it over your finger to make like the shells because we made like shell pasta yeah yeah oh dude we must have made a thousand pieces each and she, at oh the God. end she just she was like looking at all mine and she just like balled them back up and yeah. she redid them real quick i'm like dude i just spent so much time on this and yeah. mine sucked. Like, i haven't focused on one thing like this in years and you just crushed it up in in three seconds uh, oh man that's great. it was it was devastating yeah that's dude that's, well good for you guys that that sounds fun that sounds fun. yeah the cooking class so um, i need my my girlfriend's been wanting to, and it'd be fun. But, yeah. San Diego street tacos. <laughs> yeah. Well, pretty much. Yeah. Yo, for those that don't know, this gentleman, Michael Flax, is a has been a friend of mine for a long time. Long time. Um, since three on three basketball in middle school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if I have many friends that go as far back as you and I. Uh, which is great. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, for lack of a better word, just dominated the uh, Gaithersburg area middle school basketball scene. Um, <laughs> and I, I always thought, you know, NBA is like a no question. You and I will play on the same team in the NBA. Same team. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was like a no, it was no question. Um, so, and then that, that fizzled out within about three seconds. But uh we had that dream for a second yeah i was gonna say that that, you know that's what we're doing now (laughs) yeah no but but mike i'll tell you um i had so so michael now is an entrepreneur he runs his he runs an accounting and financial firm um which is awesome flax cpa he's living completely on the road and this was two years ago maybe two and a half years ago i remember the phone call we have i was sitting out on my deck um in milwaukee telling you that you know i'll start my new company need a little like accounting help but you were just you know yeah. not just you, you had a great job and you were like yeah. i was like can i get some help you're like you know i don't really do this but yeah i'll, I'll help you like i'm not yeah. gonna let you just like get screwed over yeah. um and, and you're helping me and dude it was um it was the first time I've had someone give me that level of help without asking for anything in return. And I do, I just want to thank you for that. Cause that's like a life lesson that I've learned. And I'm to you, it's probably nothing, Michael, but I'm telling you, like people don't just do that. Like this man would go on hour long calls with me. I would take a 18 mile run talking to him, panting the whole time, asking him accounting questions. And he had the patience to sit you know, and, and chat with me and, um, you know, what's yeah. cool. I, I hope I, I, you know, you've expressed this a little bit. I hope like, you know, because of those calls, I was able to inspire you a little bit to kind of start your own thing and, oh, yeah. and then, you know, get rolling. But, yeah. um, yeah, well, man, that was, that was cool. I, I thank you for that. That's a gift yeah. that I'm, I'm trying to embody. Yeah, of course. And I, um, you definitely have inspired me with, uh, starting a business, um, and you you were client number one, uh, client number zero zero one, Sean Greenspan, which is uh, and still a client. 
and, and still a client. And I, uh, you know, I, I've learned a lot just from working with you, you kind of pushing me into uh, learning new things about small business owners and how we can help them. But, but back to like the giving without taking, um, very nice comment for you to make. I, I'd say I never really felt that way. Um, I think I was really fortunate to have uh, two parents who just embodied that from the beginning. Um, and I just kind of just thought that was a way of life. Um, you know, both my parents, my, my mom was a middle school teacher for 34 years. Um, and, and my dad, you know, it works in the tech space and he has for a long time. But, uh, you know, like a good example is with, with my high school baseball team. My parents put all these videos together and um, made a year-end video at, at the end of the year so we could keep this, right? The 2012 high school, St. John's high school baseball year video. And um, they continue to do that to this day. Now, none of us still play there, right? And they don't get paid for what they do, um, but they're just there to support. And um, that's just like one of many daily yeah. examples of just like, if you if someone asks for help, but you, you just do it. And, um, I just realized years later that it was just, it was just, just my parents. Um, yeah. I didn't know anything else. So, uh, that's, I'm not, I'm by no means perfect, but I think that they, they instilled that. That's some, dude, dude so, you embody, yeah. embody your genius. Everyone has different geniuses. That's definitely an area, dude, that like through and through, I put it this way. I remember like when we kind of like made that, you know, like that switch to like, Hey, Sean, like, you know, I have a real business. You have real business. Like you got to start paying me. Like it was almost like you almost like felt bad and it's like, dude, you're providing so much value. Um, but anyways, like that, that really was something, you know, that I, um, I've been trying to do. I mean, just today, actually really interesting example. I was, <laughs> I'll tell you, I was, I was kind of getting ready for this podcast and I was thinking about it on my run, Mike. Yeah. And um, there's a client that we're actually crushing it with. And he said he, he just needs to take what we've done in-house. Just kind of, you know, it kind of happens when you train people almost like too well, if you will. Sure. Um, they, I, saw, I saw the writing on the wall. They had, a, they had an assistant that was like, you know, coming out of college. We trained him, whatever. Yeah. The first two posts they put up on, on, on YouTube were like a minute, one second, a minute, five seconds. The whole point that we put a strategy in for them to put short videos on YouTube was to be a YouTube short video because then YouTube pushes it out. The video was over a minute, so it's not a short. So wow. it's like there's no point of putting this video out. So I texted him. I said, you know, hey, Aaron, I need you to cut these videos down to under 160 seconds so they yeah. go on YouTube shorts and send them out. He's not a paying client. He's the opposite. This is day one of us not working together. Yeah. But I just thought, I'm like, it's not like I don't like the guy. It's, I want this guy to succeed. You know, yeah. it's like, it took me a second. And I, I really might like, you know, I, I, I'm not here to say that every, every second I'm thinking about the, that lesson I learned from you. But I really did think about that today and um, realize it's a weakness in my armor, I think, and something I'm trying to work on for sure. Well, thank you. I appreciate those kind words. And uh, yeah, man. everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses, man. I mean, it's, it's you know, everyone's like... Yeah, you can't play guitar. <laughs> I can't <laughs> either. But... I, you know what? And uh, 
it it would have worked so much better for me growing up and dating with a you know being able to play a guitar <laughs> I, had a, I had a teammate uh in college who could play a guitar and he would go out to bars and play guitar and uh and i was like I was like, are you single? Because you're like, you're, he was, he was, he was yeah, so yeah. cool. I was like, you were like one of the coolest guys I've ever met. The only cooler uh, thing is a puppy. I never, never, ever figured out the guitar thing. But that's <laughs> um, Mike, I'm, I'm going to hit you with, with two questions. Pick your sure. poison, all right? Uh, why did you start to live on the road? Why did you start a business? Dealer's okay. choice. I guess not yeah. dealer's choice. That'd be my choice. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go chronological. So I'll 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 start with why I decided to start a business. So um funny story. I I uh graduate college and I have a CPA, uh, or I get my CPA and I got an MBA in finance. And um I go start working for one of the big four accounting firms, Deloitte, and I'm doing you know big time tax returns for big companies in a big company. And life's good. Life's great. I had moved home. I'm living in Maryland with my parents, um, driving out to McLean, Virginia every day and working. Um, I get about, you know, nine months in and I made, uh, I looked at my bank account and I had $20,000 in my bank account. And I thought, wow, I thought, I thought I've made it. I've made it. Uh, and so I go to my parents and I say, hey, mom and dad, um, you know, first of all, I'm rich. Uh, second of <laughs> all, you know, I have $20,000 in my bank account. Uh, second of all, what do I do with my money? You know, like, where do I put it? You know, what do I do? And they say, and my parents are great people, very smart people, but they, they said, you know, it's probably better off if you call your uncle Rob down in Florida. Um you know, he, he owns a business down there. He had a mortgage business for a long time, owns a landscaping business in Florida, and, uh, and he invests in real estate. Call him, ask him if he'll take your, your 20 grand. So, um, so I get my Uncle Rob on the phone. I say, uh, hey, Rob, you know, first of all, I'm rich. Uh, all, <laughs> can you take my 20,000 and can you make it 25? And, um, and, and Rob, <laughs> Rob got real quiet and he goes, first of all, um, I'm not taking your money. No. And he goes, second of all, don't call me back. He said, don't call me back until you read three books. Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, The Cash Flow Quadrants by Robert Kiyosaki, and The Millionaire Next Door, which is not by Robert Kiyosaki. It's by a variety of authors, and I can't remember the name. But uh, he said, don't call me back until you, you read three books. I'm like, oh, my God. So, uh, and it's like mid business. I guess I'm never talking to my uncle again. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you know, you don't realize how slow I read, Uncle Rob. So it took me like six months to get through these three books, but I'm reading these books. And I'm like, okay, uh, you know, this is giving me a different perspective on like the movement of money and what it would take if you really wanted to, you know, grow wealth or, or build a business, you know, like what, what does it take? What are the steps to get there? right? Like it gave me a good idea of what the steps were to get there. And so I called my, my uncle back six months later. I'm like, all right, I have a new perspective. Um, I know I want to start a business at some point. Um, I don't know what to do and I'm not leaving my job right now, but thank you for your help. And, you know, I'll hold on to my 20,000. And, um, and time goes on and Rob, to his credit, you know, kept in touch with me and said, where are you at with this? Are you going to start a business? Are you going to do this? And I was like, Rob, you know, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Um, and then I, and I thought, okay, maybe I'll do something on the side. 
And so I Googled, what do you do to make money? And uh, the first thing that came up- <laughs> I remember was, this. Yeah, the first thing that came up was drop shipping. And uh, I'm like, I'm like drop shipping. I got this. I'm going to be Mr. Drop Shipper. And um, I paid, I paid like big money to somebody to like take their online class to learn drop shipping. And, and I gave it a shot. Um, I didn't sell one thing. Uh, I just, it was, it was time consuming and I tried. Um, I just, I couldn't figure it out. Um, but I was like, I know I want to start a business. So wait, wait, I, I want to stop there for a second. Sure. So, um, you tried. That's tried. awesome. Yeah. Let's break. What was that decision process like? I remember the company. I remember the amount that you had to put into it, and it was a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, tell, like, like, how did you weigh that decision as a way to like to like determine I'm I'm gonna try it? Yeah. Well, it's all emotional, right? Everything comes back to our emotions. Um, you know the taking the first step towards anything, especially starting a business, it's just an emotional thing. It doesn't matter, matter whether you're starting selling t-shirts. Sorry, I'm like, had too many coffees today. It doesn't matter whether you're selling t-shirts, starting an accounting business, you know, whatever you're doing, um, just like taking that first step is an emotional decision. So I think I was able to get in control of my emotions and write down a five-step plan for myself. Step one, step two, step three, step four. And say, okay, I want to, within one to two weeks, I want to have watched all these videos. Within three to four weeks, I want to have my website live. Within five weeks, I want to choose my products. Week six. So it's palatable. Yeah, exactly. Like break it down for yourself and take that first step of just like laying it all out and knowing that it's not going to be perfect, but just taking that first step. Um, so so that that's, you know, and, and so... That's how I got started. And I broke it down in a simplified format that would allow me to, you know, get into it in, in an easier way for myself. Um, yeah. And then maintaining, yeah. yeah. So um, maintaining it and being consistent is the hard part, right? I mean, so, you know, you start, which is great. And then you're like, all right, you know, I'm six, seven weeks into this. And, you know, it takes a lot of dedication on, on the weekends and, after work and um, how, how much do I really want to do this? And so uh, you really got to push yourself to stay with it. Um, and I tried. And, uh, you know, at the same time, I knew that this wasn't the right thing. So I, I said, okay, why, why pour any more time or money into this? This isn't really what is sustainable for myself going forward. Um, and so I was able to then you know, take the emotional step of saying, I didn't do this well, and that's okay. And so I'm going to know that I spent X amount of money and I'm going to move. Um, yeah. That's a good, so, dude, that is a good decision to stop, right? It's, yeah. um, what's that psychological fallacy that people make all the time? Um, oh, I think it's called like the, the lost, the lost cause syndrome or something. No, I I'm, I'm going to have to Google it, but it's, it's something about like, um, be like people get attached to things like because you invest that time and money into it doesn't mean continue doing it. Right. If you're watching a shitty movie and you're 45 minutes in, you don't need to watch the rest of the movie. Like, right. Um, right. you know, I, it's like the, like the lost cause syndrome, something like that. Um, 
and yeah, it's something that uh, like people do all the time. But I did want to, I did want to go back to. I love the way that you recognized, you know, how you have to pull the emotion out of the decision to start the dropshipping company. I don't think it's a bad decision that you started because it taught you to, you know. Uh, quiet your fear down, right? And you definitely learn, you know, like businesses are like a real thing and they're difficult to to get yeah. going. My first company yeah. was a drop shipping company that I still have. I'm trying to, I actually, I'm trying to sell it tomorrow because I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I think um, it definitely, it definitely taught me some things that stick with me today. Like what is marketing? You know, I'm just like the CPA, you know, we do numbers. I didn't know the first thing about marketing. So it was just a nice little intro to that. That's which, when you call me. That's when I call Sean. Yeah, I say, Sean, what the heck is this? Uh, and I definitely did call you and say, what do I even do? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think the hardest thing is when people identify their business with themselves publicly, it becomes harder to emotionally detach yourself and step away so what i'm trying to say is you know i told all my family guess what i'm going to start a dropshipping business and like i'm really excited about it and i told aunts and uncles and this and that and and then you know i'm like you know 10 weeks in 11 weeks in i'm like well this is what people think i do all day and uh you know this is what people want to hear about and this is what i talk to people about and i have to be humble enough to be able to tell them no i shut that down i shut that down and it didn't make sense. And, uh, and that's okay. Um, and so Dude, that that, that's worth the price of admission. Yeah, exactly. Being humble, you know, it's there to me, there's like two different, like main, like stereotypical scenarios where you need it. There's the big stuff. And then there's like the moment to moment. Um, I remember, uh, you know, actually recently, uh, we messed something up with the client and I immediately got my team. I got the three people involved on the phone. I said, let's hop on the phone. I said, and I started the call. I said, guys, you know how I roll. I'll start by saying this is all my fault because my company, right? Yeah. There's something I could have done to clarify things, whatever, and make it better. I was like, so with that on the table, no one's getting fired over this. Let me hear just like logically what happened step-by-step. Step. We went through it. And uh, it was literally one person fucked up. Like yeah. they just didn't pay attention. That was yeah. the bottom line. Yeah. So yeah. I thought about it and it's bad. My first thought was what excuse am I going to give my client? Yeah. And right when I thought that I, I just, I flipped and I, I just called the guy and I said, Hey, uh, this happened. We messed up. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, what do you mean? How'd that happen? I was like, it's a mistake that's entirely my fault because I could have, you know, prevented it through training and, you know, double checking. And I mean, it's something that happens three or four times a day for me for several, several clients. So, um, you know, I, I do try to actually check them all, but it was, you know, when I checked it, it was messed up and already live. Um, and, you know, that like it, it, in a weird way, it deepened our bond. And he goes, Sean, he literally said, Sean, I can trust you now. Yeah. And he's like, you know, yeah, things happen. I mean, we've been working with them for like nine months and everything's been going pretty smooth. Yeah. And this was, you know, decently. But then, the, so then the other stereotypical one, like, is, is, is more subtle. And I think it's like in our like day to day, like the really small ways that we communicate. 
like if if you if you tell me something i say like yeah but versus like yeah and you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. yeah but means like i need to end this conversation with like me having said the cooler thing or what you know the right. the more yeah. important thing yeah and that to me builds up over time that's what i'm i'm trying to work on you know um or i this you watch how many conversations people are in you're, even you're in that that go like this here's a life update here's a slightly better life update <laughs> wow that's so cool it reminds me of the time i did something a little oh, bit better yes dude <laughs> it's like you know it's like oh yes. like it's just like where like where are yeah. you oh i'm here oh when i was here i had the best time ever like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. versus just like true appreciation yeah no i um man i have so many different thoughts on everything you just said um uh, i'll go one. back to the, the most recent one you just said uh you know the problem with that is we're always living in the past if if that's how we're communicating of you know i told you about something i was doing in the you know that i'm doing now and then you want to bring up something you did in the past and then I want to be with this or that. And then it's like, what is the present moment? And I know that's crazy. Um, but that's something I've, uh, you know, been trying to focus on more is the present moments. Um, and those types of conversations by focusing more on the present moment, I've noticed those conversations more often. Um, humility. Into some juicy stuff. <laughs> humility in the present moment. Yeah. I mean, well, and, and flip my hat around for this. <laughs> With the big picture with humility um, and, and like admitting faults, you know, I, I do think that most humans know that we're just humans uh, and people really uh, just want to know, like, did you have another motive that's not focused on me or uh, were you doing something that really is, is centered on you and you didn't care as much about me? uh for whatever reason and if you can really just admit your own faults to people they really take it the right way um yeah. it's, it's so much better just speaking the truth uh the truth at the end of the day just always has worked and it's taken a long time for me to understand that uh like growing up as a kid you know like you're not always it, i just learned that as i've matured uh probably since i was like 22 23 i'm just like well i'm just gonna just tell the truth at all times always and the chips are going to fall where they fall. And uh, it's a much And you still point. probably don't, because I don't. No one does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It, 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 it's easier to bring out on, like, harder conversations when you're like, I'm going to think through this. Let's just go to the truth. Um, but, yeah, I mean, day-to-day, conversation-conversation, you know. A- yeah. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to really, really mess this up here. So we're talking about – we're talking about this, right? And I just said, you know, I was just kind of like messing around, poking fun at you. And I was like, and you probably don't, right? But then did you hear I said, because I don't. Yeah, right. I said, I said you don't yeah. because I don't, right? That, yeah. dude, that's like the little, little stuff that, I mean, it's obviously our ego playing a role there, but it's like, like there's actually no correlation. <laughs> yeah. You doing it is not because I don't. And I said, because we all don't, you know, like, I was obviously just trying to say like, you know, um, just trying to be more relatable in a sense, like these are things you're working on, but you know, you're always working on them, right? Like these are things I may be working on. I'm always working on them. But even the way that I said that, I said, you're not doing it because I'm not, it's like, I had to, 
I had to like, like, I couldn't just say, I don't, I had to like bring you down. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, I think people really like when we're open with who we really are and admit our mistakes and make fun of ourselves. I think um, it's, uh, it's always, it's always an easy, easier path to connect with someone when you're very open and just making fun of yourself or, and not that this was necessarily making fun of yourself, but it, you know, yeah being open about not being perfect for sure no for sure uh, yeah yo let's uh let's let's loop back to the being in the moment and the reason i would like to loop back there yeah is it's a it's a common thing that people bring up i think it's uh i think it's simple to under to understand to say i think it's it's just like you know humility harder to embody and execute oh yeah and i also have this belief that you know like a high so it's it's like a higher level of awareness right that's kind of what we're talking about yeah. i kind of have this belief that like every book i've been reading every person i've been talking to every experience i had leads back to that having a higher level of awareness and experiencing life is kind of like the main the main thesis of it all yeah it just that's where like experience like feeling emotion comes from learning comes from you know yeah. like all, all of it and and it's crazy like it's crazy how difficult it is <laughs> uh i i agree and uh i'm realizing i didn't plug in my computer just give me one second um i is where i i wish i wish i like queued up uh like jeopardy music or something um it is so hard i mean if you can capture the present moment for five minutes a day you've won um i think that it's uh it's not how we're hardwired to, to think like that. And it, it would make sense. Why would we be hardwired to live in the present moment? Human humanity wouldn't have survived if, you know, we were yeah, just yeah. thought about the present moment, right? Like we have anxieties and we think about the future and the past to help us prepare for the future so that we can survive. So that's how we're hardwired. Um, but yeah, you, you, you really have like dug into that um, existentialism of like life. Uh, you've always done that and i think that's like really cool i think you're of everyone i know probably someone who does it the most that i'm aware of um it's very hard it's not it's not the way we're wired at all uh the best so I, i'm i read a book the power of now a little while ago yeah and the best mike's a big reader if you guys don't know <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. he reads books <laughs> I, I mentioned four books on here uh which is we got four uh, more coming don't worry everybody. yeah right no i uh i try i'm not always like good with it I'm but like, uh the uh the power now basically said that um you know all of our happiness and all of our sadness comes from the future and the past okay which one do you think happiness comes from? Future or past? Uh, past. Past. Sadness and better word, anxiety, future. Right? Yeah, for sure. Right? 
and, and and if you think about it, like everything that has caused anxiety since the moment I woke up this morning was about something that was going going to theoretically happen in three hours, three days, three months, or whatever it is. But it wasn't happening at this moment. But I spent my entire 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. thinking about that or worrying about that, but it wasn't the present moment. And so um that's really allowed me to be like, okay, I'm just thinking about something. Yeah. And it's not not real. It's not real. And 90% of the time it won't ever come true. But yeah, man. You know, and so I think just being able to separate yourself from that and notice that your thoughts are drifting in that direction is is um it's a it's a good way to get to what you were talking about of living life. Like how can you capture life for five minutes? Um and it's yeah. You know, you hold on to it for 30 seconds and then you're back to nor- normalness. You know, it's not like you you get this all day, every day. That's that's not real. Um, with so, drugs, it is. With drugs, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I got a guy. I'm just kidding. But uh, um, no, Mike, I, I want to thank you for sharing that thought. Uh, it's something that no matter how much you hear it, hearing it again, hearing it with different, from someone that's obviously taking the time to read a book and reflect on it and you know put it into their own words it's just a gift because it's like you know that little like drop you know nugget you dropped is like you know a cultivation of like hours and hours and hours of what's going on in your brain um and and you are you you are right right so i i actually put out today on my instagram a quote i said it to emma and then we started googling it i think income coining a quote because there's no there's no documentation of this oh i like but, it i like it but uh the what, what i said to her was i said if you can't tell the future don't judge the present moment and what i mean by that is i mentioned to you that uh i lost that one client right um i was working with them for a while we we're killing it it was just something going on um and you know i have 17 clients now um so it's not like it's the end of the world but it's a big client and my initial reaction was like darn right and i said like wait a second and i really looked at it and i was spending about two hours two and a half hours a week on this client right um and my team was and now i was actually able to offload something to my team and probably open four hours up in my week. And yeah, I am not this exact with my schedule. I'm I'm guesstimating here. Yeah. Now, um, I have not done as much marketing around this podcast as I'd like. I think the the content of the quality of the podcast has been high. The quality of the guests has been high. Haven't loved what I've done with the production and the marketing of it. And I told myself I need to free up a few hours a week and I'll be able to do that. So I went from this thing that I was like upset about to realizing that like that this has the potential of being you know the catalyst to help you know market my podcast and then maybe launch my podcast and this is something i'm doing for fun so now we're talking like dream state of euphoric living like can i turn in like one of my biggest passions into you know my work right and it's like then you know now i want to be clear about something you know, living in this future state, obviously it's better if you're thinking positively, but that's still not living in the present moment, right? But I did just get to think for a second, like I was, I spent, it was maybe only two or three minutes, but two or three minutes of just poo-poo pants, Sean, 
I was like, what, why did this happen? Like, you know, this sucks. Like, yeah. like, like a lot of things are going to happen. I was like, you know, yeah. with this contractor, I'm going to have less business. They're going to be less loyal to me. Like, I thought this was going to be a great case study. Like, you know, I thought like, whatever. And then it's like, there, there's a potential for this to be like one of the, like, I could look back in five years and be like, that was the moment I freed up my time, you know? Yeah. And just like, oh, yeah. you literally never know. I mean, what if clients start dropping like flies? I like shut down my whole business and then be, you know, have the time to write a book and become a New York Times bestselling author 10 times over again. It's like, yeah, the best thing that happened to you was, yeah. you, you know, you just yeah. have no idea. You're always on the path. Yeah, I and, and I want us to make sure that we take a little snippet of that quote. So then when you are on tour as an author, this was the moment when you said, I'm going to become uh, a best-selling author mm -hmm. 10 times over. Like, I want this moment. Um, <laughs> we got that. We have the technology for that. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, perspective, man. It's like, it's just what perspective really runs your life, honestly. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I, I make more money than I used to. Um, and that's so great. And then it's like, but the next dollar I care, you know, I, now I have like a new standard of financial security for myself and then I'll make more money and there'll be more financial security for myself. And then I have this like expectation if I fall below this, you know, it's like, it's all very subjective. And, you know, I, I just think at every turn in life perspective, like you were just talking about yeah. your client, of, all right, they left, but now I have a positive perspective, yeah. the things I can do with my time. Um, and and it's like um, it's like a little bit of like a paradox, um, almost because, you know. You need to have goals, and you right. got to push yourself towards those goals. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you have to have the unbelievable discipline. There's a little podcast name plug. Yep, discipline, to. To stay composed, you know what I mean. Like I, I had the same thought, Mike. I was like, you know, part of it was revenue um, that I was thinking about that I lost. But then I'm kind of like, well, you know, I'm I'm still making a good impact on this world. I'm still yeah. doing things that I enjoy, right? I'm still, yeah. you know, have a roof over my head. Um, what's um, what's uh like a a daily like? Do you do any daily practice? Like, you know, like that's out of the norm that yeah. uh, maybe helps you, you know, with, with this uh, perspective and awareness and staying in the now? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll actually start by saying um, I, I do. And um, I got to this point, um, actually, with a lot of influence from you, um, frankly. Thank you. I think you, you really brought this to light a little bit for me. Uh, uh, you said something to me like two years ago, and you probably don't remember it. But um, you said that if you want to be happy in life, you have to work for it. And I thought, wait, you're right. Um, I need to put in effort on a daily basis to get myself in the right mindset. It doesn't just happen. Um, habitually growing up, you know, like from start to 28 years old, you develop habits that don't lean on happiness 24 seven. So you have to take it head on and not just 
do things that are stressful to then get to a point where you can not be quote unquote stressed and then you're somehow happy, um, which is the norm, right? I mean, that's typically how people approach things. Yeah, man. Um, you have to take it head on. You have to really, um, you have to invest your time, your energy, your money in uh, into making yourself happy. And uh, you literally, you were the one who, who said that to me. I, I, that's the truth. Um, I started with meditation a while ago. I think like early 2020 uh, started with meditation. And, um, and I did meditation through Headspace for a little bit, like once or twice a day. Um, and then you had mentioned journaling to me. And so I bought a journal. Um, and, and you always mention these things in passing. And I'm like, you know, I listen, you know, I, I've listened to you. I listen to other people when they say things, you know, I take the steps. And um, so I filled out, you know, a couple, couple journals in the last couple of years. I, I'd say at certain times I was more consistent than others. Um, leaned on it when I needed it more, but uh, 10 minutes of meditation, uh, either first thing or last thing during the day. And then journaling, which I typically do in the beginning um, of the day. And those things have helped me and um, they just really clear my thoughts. Um, yeah. So um, allow me to just organize or slow down a little bit. Yeah. So. Thank you for that. I, I, I really appreciate the fact yeah. that I guess you listened and I was able to make an impact and you shared you it with me. You, really you brought were. me, dude, you want to talk about present moment. You brought me in more than I felt captivated um, <laughs> just in a, in a long time there. So thank okay. you. Um, uh, I will say, Mike, you, dude, I remember like, I was like, hey, like if you're thinking about start business, you got to read the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Then yeah. like, you know, I text you a couple like weeks later, like, oh, you see the Redskins game? You're like, yeah. And by the way, I'm done the book. And I didn't even think you remembered the name of the book, let alone got yeah. it, bought it, read it, took notes. Dude, yeah. that's something. Don't lose it. Dude, more, more people, like most people are going to spend two hours thinking about if they should buy the book when they could have been on chapter eight. You know, um, and that, that's all, that's awesome, man. Um, what do you, what do you journal about? Yeah, it's, it's general. I think I start with, um, I definitely throw in things I'm grateful for, um, yeah. happy about this, um, or things I'm, I'm sad about or anxious about. Um, and then I almost do like a self-talk of like, all right, I'm anxious about this call that I have today. Bullet point. Next bullet point. I'm going to do great. And I don't need to put so much um, weight on this phone call. And life's going to be fine no matter what. And I'm thankful for my health today and that, you know, I have a good relationship with yeah. my girlfriend. And, and then that's really, that's really it. That's enough for me to just. Relax. Yeah. Um, well, it's able to act as a brain dump. Dude, gratitude. Yes. Anyone out there that is not actively, actively, right, working at gratitude right work at gratitude i cannot there's no more powerful i love is the highest vibe powerful emotion like vibrationally gratitude i believe the second um dude it is it manifests things it makes you feel good it calms anxiety oh it God. gives you superpowers yeah um i i find I find that I'm able to cultivate gratitude by exercising mm -hmm. because, um, and it, and it cultivates optimism because, you know, just 
like I take runs and like, you're just grateful for your, your body and, you know, optimism, right? Like, like you're not going to go for another set of bench press if you don't think you can get it. Even the last one was really hard and it teaches yeah. you to be optimistic while stressed. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's awesome. Um, yeah. Mike, that's just, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And that's the title of the podcast, man. Happiness is life's ultimate discipline, dude. Yeah. I, if, if there's anything I could share with people, it just like, 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 don't be scared to work at something and find beauty in the work. Find yeah. Beauty in the work. Well, you got to work. You got to work. And like, if you wanted anything in life, let's say, I don't know, let's say you were buying a new car, right? Like, and you wanted this car. All right. First of all, you're probably going to budget for it and you're going to go, all right, I need X amount of, in my bank account to get me there. Uh, and then I need to be making this much a month to get that Corvette. And uh, all right, so you, you budget and you get yourself there. And then you you talk to seven different Corvette dealers. You look at, you know, you do all this research. You put time into it. You put energy into it. You obviously put money into it uh, to get what you want. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people think that when it comes to like true happiness and peace, it's just going to show up on their doorstep one day uh, without you yeah. know, talking to the, the happiness dealer, you know, like without, <laughs> without, having, without putting in the time. Um, and so that is a concept that I, I don't think I'd ever heard of until I knew it. We had started, you know, talking more a couple of years hmm. ago. So, um, I appreciate that. Very right. Dude, and I, I like that you're doing the podcast on it because I think it's a really interesting concept and that concept needs to be spread. So, I yeah. appreciate that. There's a, I'm writing a book. You could put like a laughing emoji next to that. Cause it's been a, it's been a long time coming. There's a lot of good contents on about 180 scrambled ass Google doc sheets, but um, there's an entire section of the book. Yeah. That's called why do people play more than they practice? And what I mean by that is you played, Mike was a stud baseball player, guys. I mean, Mike, how many in a year, how many practice swings would you take compared, like, or give me a ratio of yeah, practice right? swings compared to game swings, right? Now, yeah. now here's the thing. Now, yeah. now think about, how many times have you practiced putting yourself in a really high stressful situation? Not like, like not, not like subtly, like really practice. Like I, I just go to working out cause it's easy, right? Like, like literally going to failure on bench press with no fucking spotter. And then you have the bar here and you say, you know, I'm going to stay composed. I'm going to focus on my breathing, my form, and I'm going to go for another rep. So you're putting yourself under stress. And you're yeah. remaining calm and positive. Yeah. Like, how many times do you practice putting yourself under stress compared to how many times you get stressed? Like, why yeah. do people think in life they can just execute without practicing? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. I, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I really appreciate the nice comments about me being a baseball player and and having some success there in my past. Um, but I don't know if you remember. I actually was like not the most athletic kid in in middle school it was definitely like you know you and uh some other people that were more like i remember danny mars was like really gifted at baseball like things just came naturally i when i was in eighth grade i batted 10th on my baseball team 
they put me at second base for like the ten. last do they have a 10 yeah right like just to show you they 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 like i in that age you do have 10 and just like so everyone could get in that bat uh my point being i was actually pretty bad um at baseball uh i went to st john's which is like a baseball academy almost um in the dc area shout out st john's like literally has built me as a person foundationally through and through um especially through the baseball program where it was we're going to do 10,000 reps before we get into a game we're going to do 7 million you know foot drills dry drills without even seeing a physical ground ball coming at us with a still ground ball of moving our feet and like and pretending to feel the ground ball before we actually feel the ground ball. And for every rep that, you know, for every rep that the next guy was doing at the next high school, my teammates and I were doing 60 more than they were. We were just doing more, doing more, doing more, doing more. And so when it came to the ground ball in, in the sixth inning against our rivals, you know, in, in the, you know, playoffs, you were just overprepared and it doesn't feel as hard. <laughs> Dude, the way you said that was so was much confidence. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that, that was it. And my point being, I wasn't good, but I was more prepared than everybody else in, in high school. And that eventually got me to playing at an SEC baseball school with less talent than pretty much everyone else. Um, just out of sheer preparation. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that can really bring people a long way. I, I, I love it. I'll tell you, man. <laughs> I remember like when YouTube came out, okay? Like when YouTube got invented. Yeah. I remember I looked up how to play basketball like Michael Jordan. And there was yeah. a grainy okay. video, okay? Yeah. And they interviewed him. And he was talking to a young Kobe. And he's like, Kobe's like, how do you do it? And anyone that's played basketball... Um, you know, you get the ball in what they call triple threat. You hold it kind of by your, your shooting hip so you can shoot, you can pass, you can dribble. He goes, I get in triple threat. And it's Michael Jordan, so he's looking to score. And he yeah. goes, and I, and I look at their feet. And in basketball, you're supposed to attack the front foot because it's kind of like harder for them to react. I look okay. at their feet, and I attack the front foot. And they're like, all right, how do you do it? And he goes, well... I, if I, if I, if they're close, I think I go past them. I just attack that front foot. And then Kobe said, okay, now what if they don't have a front foot and they're even, he said, good question. I jab, they have to react. They drop a front foot and then I go attack the front foot. Yeah. And, he, and Michael cool. Jordan goes, and that's how I play basketball. And Kobe was like, wait, you're the greatest player of all time. Like, you know, you got every move in the book. And he's like, what else do you do? He goes, and Michael Jordan literally just laughed and goes, oh, I've done it a hundred thousand times. So I just do it really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> that was literally it. And dude, yeah. watch a video of him. Watch I, a video of him. He's, yeah. Th you see him hunched over. You can probably visualize it. He's just looking at the feet and just it. goes. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, I learned, I heard that. And like, okay, now. Of course, off of that, you have to react and there's, there's so many other elements, but like, just like that, that concept just completely blew my mind, dude. So yeah. I'm glad to see, I'm glad to see that you were able to take it. It took you far and 
it took you far in baseball and yeah dude, it's uh sport, sports are powerful sports are a powerful teacher athletics movement are powerful mike i got a i got a fun little update for you on myself all right i'm listening let's, let's see the day it's september 5th so I'm, I'm just inside three months december 3rd i'm running the devil dog 100 mile ultra marathon um awesome good for you it's in virgin dmv are you going to be home december December 3rd december 3rd Uh, yeah yeah i will be cool you just signed yourself up to pace me for the last 50 miles no (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, you're saying you're saying my 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 pacer just fell down and uh is now is now ordering a French toasted Cracker Barrel. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, oh, there! I know where this is. There's a Cracker Barrel near there. Um, yeah. But but I'll tell you, the the uh, the re- the reason I signed up for it was um, it's it's like you no, know, there's a lot of reasons I signed up for it, but um, it's just a it's just a discipline thing. Like it's easy to yeah. say I have discipline, but it's like so these races, okay. Everyone can run one, and I mean it. You just have to be conditioned, right? Um, and the conditioning—it's—it's. It's, I mean, I've run fifty mile runs, I've run fifty k's. It's just a lot of training. And I was like, if I really want to test that I'm a disciplined person, this is how I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to be able to transfer that discipline to being aware in the moment. I'm going to be able to transfer that discipline to being kind to people. And this is just a, a a build of just discipline and, you know, and, and I mean, and other things like willpower, but, um, it's a, it's a fucked up race, man. It's five 20 mile loops. So that yeah. means four times I'm going to be directly next to my car where I can quit. Yeah. And especially the one at mile 80 in yeah. December 3rd in the mountains when it's going to be like 30 degrees and yeah. 2 AM. Yeah. I can't wait for that one. Yeah. That's my moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that car is going to be looking right at you. Um, yeah. Good for you, man. That's, that's, uh, that is like super admirable. And you've been doing this for a while and it is, it is just discipline. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you really, you really make, uh, you know, make it part of your life. And I think it's awesome. Uh, Really um, I, I, I have people to thank that certainly inspired me for this one, yeah. uh, for, for all, I mean, everything, but th- this in particular, um, Mike, man, we, uh, we got wrapped it up eventually. Cause I feel like we could keep going. Um, <laughs> I'd like to wrap up with a question for you. I'm, I'm ready. That is what has got you the most stoked right now in life um the most excited in life is um i am i'd say it's it's that i'm hiring uh for like the first time in my business like a full full time position the reason why i'm most stoked about that is because i spend a lot of my days since starting a business couple of years ago with many different ideas and wanting to put them into place and execute and, and uh, build a business that continues to really provide value to people um, financially, emotionally. Um, and I've 
a million ideas and I'm finally going to be hiring somebody that uh, can help, you know, bring another set of hands and has the skills to execute and, you know, do those things um, while I'm continuing to serve clients. Um, and uh, I'm just, I think that at, at, at this moment, probably what I get most excited about. Yeah. I love it, dude. That's a cultivation of so much. Um, you've made the decision. You are hiring someone right now. Just fine. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I, Amazing. I, got, I, uh, I'll be sending the offer tomorrow. So I just, uh, wow. Yeah, so yeah. you're hiring, hiring. I'm, like I'm hiring, hiring. Have lots of interviews, lots of awesome people. Um, didn't, I mean, there are so many awesome people out there. Um, but yeah, it's just, I'm doing it. What about you? What's, what are you most excited for besides the devil? Devil dog. Devil dog. Yeah. Um, what has got me most excited right now? Whew, there's a lot on the list. Leftovers um, from I dinner would, last night at the leftovers from uh, the pasta dinner last night. Yeah, I wish, dude. <laughs> I am. I even though it's eleven o'clock here, I am thinking about what the next dinner. Is. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's got me most excited? So the first thing that comes to mind is that uh, on Friday. Day. I'm going to a seven-day Wim Hof retreat. So Wim, oh, Wim Hof is like, you know, breathing, cold exposure. It's also like, yeah. it's also kind of like summer camp for kids or yeah. for adults. Right. Um, oh, yeah. What I'm really, really excited about was um, something I've tried to implement into 2022 was taking time for myself every month. Okay. Um, I, uh, 2020 and 2021, I, I worked a lot. I mean, a little bug. I worked a lot, a lot. And, um, so, uh, this year I got some good time off in Italy or this month, I got some good time off in Italy. Or, I'm sorry, last month, cause it's September 5th. Then I'm doing Wim Hof next month. I'm doing um, a hike on the Wonderland trail, uh, which is like a seven day backpacking trip. Um, and then actually in November, something I should tell you about is I'm hold, I'm hosting my first retreat. Um, so I rented a really nice, uh, home up in, uh, on a lake in Northern Idaho, and it's going to be like a self-growth retreat. Um, I'm going to take people through like 10 different modules, some, some really cool stuff. Um, Cordial yeah, Lee, Idaho. Cordial Lee uh, up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like in, beautiful. An hour north and east. Did you guys stop on your drive? We drove right through Cordial Lee and I was blown oh. away. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I was like, oh, no. I know. I've been through the sliver of Idaho and I'm so proud of it. Yeah. But, Go ahead. Dude, right? Yeah, the panhandle. <laughs> yeah. Man. Um, yeah, so we'll be an hour north and a little east of it in Sagal, Sagal, Idaho. Sandpoint's kind of like the bigger town. But cool. yeah, that that's the that's um what I'm super, super excited about. And then December, I'm running yeah. that hundred miles, so I'll take some time right. for myself then. Nice. Exciting. Nice, good. I, I I admire the heck out of you, man. I always have. And I think uh it's good to listen to people and not feel like you have to match up with them but just like take trinkets from what they do and uh and i think you've given me a lot of trinkets for sure little things oh uh, appreciate that dude yeah dude so, I, i'll tell you one of the things that compelled me to have this on you on was you know life gets busy for both of us we're, we're running around um i, I started to feel like like um, I guess now I'm reflecting on it's it's kind of it's kind of selfish. It really came from like 
missing you, man. Like we we have not talked not business in a while. Yeah. Um, and I was just kind of like, dude, there is there is something to learn from this cat. Like, and <laughs> and I just I gotta I want to chat with them. Um, yeah. And you know, I tried to that. That's really the point of this podcast is to make a container for that. Um, yeah, and I just yeah. I know you're busy, dude. It's Labor Day. Um, I know we shoot this ahead of time. It's Labor Day. So, Mike, I appreciate you for dropping all these gems. And for any of those you listening, if you if you did like this episode, please subscribe to the show, um, give it a rating, and just do me and one other person a favor and send this out to one person that you think could, you know, walk away with something from it. Because I think this was uh, this was just, you know, great nuggets from Michael. So I appreciate you, man. All right, Sean, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you.